Welcome to the show, Brain Health, Unchaining Your Pain. I am really excited to have my guest on the show, Mira, today. Mira, welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Ruth. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to getting all into like brain health, deep diving. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. And I know we connected through Chris Ross. Yeah, um, who who's oh. the founder of Winjet Studios? So I'm really really excited to hear your story. And for for those that don't know Mira, uh, Mira Sharma is a British Indian media personality and writer who first came to the limelight on series eleven of the hit ITV dating show Take Me Out, using numerous mediums to encourage discussions around identity, representation, and staying motivated. Mira has featured in and written for numerous publications, including The Independent, Metro, BBC, to name but a few. And she's been nominated for awards and spoken at panels. She created the platform, The School of SAS, to educate everyone on the skills they need to stay motivated, positive, and live the life they've imagined by channeling their inner SAS. I absolutely love that. And as part of her platform, she offers books, articles, and coaching to help you live your best life. Wow, I'm really excited to dive into this. And I absolutely love the topic of motivation, because it's something that often many of us don't feel that we have enough of. Yeah. Um, and it's finding the way in order to get motivated, that's really key to living our best life, isn't it? Exactly. I think um, it's so interesting hearing that read back to you as well. It's like, oh, what a boost to my confidence. Like, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd love to know, going on to the, you know, diving into the school of SAS kind of concept, what is it you're really passionate about in life right now? I think I'm really passionate about like putting, pushing my platform out there and helping other women like, you know, stay motivated and just realise that they can achieve what they want in life and not let, because I think like I'm a firm believer in like manifestation and things like that. And I honestly think that if you have a dream and if you want to achieve something you can obviously you've got to put in the work stay consistent but I think sometimes you can have a lot of people that may say oh no you can't do that you can't do this so I want to be that person that's like there to tell people no you can achieve whatever you set your mind to achieve if you put in the work and stay consistent with it so I'd say that that's what gets me out I'm quite a motivated person anyway so that's one of the things that gets me out <laughs> raring to go in the morning <laughs> I get my morning workouts in and I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I think that's so important because so many people can be uh, become downtrodden by the words that other people say to them. And they and it's and it may be said to them only once, but we play it back on ourselves like a broken record player, don't we? Yeah. And so it's it's, like, it becomes like death like a thousand cuts, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like I saw this saying that says, um, don't let people rent space in your head. And it's like for free as well. Like you're by taking on what people are saying to you, you're letting other people like stay in your head for free. So like if you were a house and you were renting out, you're not getting any, you're not gaining anything from this. You know what I mean? Apart yeah. from stress and it's not helping you. So yeah, don't, so just don't let people rent space in your head. <laughs> you know, I absolutely love that. I've never heard that saying before, but it's such, it's, it just really contextualizes what we let people do sometimes yeah exactly in the, in the context of how we motivate or demotivate ourselves depending on yeah. how many people have got into your head exactly I guess because it's, it's true like saying are you feeling deep let's say someone's feeling demotivated so you kind of have to look 
at where where you are and kind of like go back from that feeling and see what is it that's what's the thing that started you to feel demotivated was it what someone said was it the fact you went on social media and saw all these like negative comments or you know and then once you figure that out you kind of have to push that out I'm not saying that you have to block out everyone because obviously people are in situations where you can't just cut certain people out of your life but let's say it's social media that's making you feel bad then only follow positive accounts don't start your day by checking your phone and going on social things like that so you kind of have to work backwards I would say yeah and it's really difficult in today's society, isn't it, with the situation that we have overseas and yeah. also the situation that we've experienced locally with COVID. It's so easy to get demotivated by reading the, the news yeah, uh, and reading social media rants that relate to the news. Um, and so, so it's really important to find that channel <laughs> that is is turning up the volume of positivity and and making sure you're turning turning down the volume of negativity yeah exactly because it has been uh, the past two years has been quite tough for everyone so and I do definitely acknowledge that but yeah you're totally right it's like kind of like you know not starting your day checking the news not spending so much time consuming negative content and like focusing on the positives and stuff and being grateful for what you have and things like that and that's just a great way to boost your mood yeah yeah I agree so before we dive into your story which I'm really fascinated about I'd love to know what for you is optimal brain health for you personally okay so optimal brain health for me personally is like when I'm feeling at my best and when I'm in a good mood so you know it's when I'm getting that good combination of sleep my seven hours of sleep a night exercise I'm hydrated, I'm eating healthy, I'm not feeling stressed, I'm not feeling anxious. So I'd say that is when I'm at my like most optimal brain health. And, and do you know, I think that's so important that you you mentioned the, the, the sort of core pillars for people to check in on, which is their sleep and, uh, and their nutrition, um, which are just fundamental to make, making sure that we get the best out of our brain. Um, and, and I just think that's it's just such an important thing that people really don't pay enough attention to. Yeah, I think especially like when you look at like hustle culture, it'll have you believe in that, oh, you know, you should just work through the night and not sleep. Whilst I actually think that's really counterproductive. And like a lot of people I speak to, like when I interview them for my radio show and they're really successful and they always get their certain amount of sleep in with the seven to eight hours. That's like a non-negotiable so I think yeah. it is sleep is so important. I think people need to realise that. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's often the first thing we drop. Yeah. You know, when we think we're OK, but it's the first thing we need. It's true. When we're not when OK. You, exactly. Because <laughs> that's when your body is like recovering and, you know, re- recuperating itself. So if you don't have sleep, like it's just not healthy for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into your story of brain health. I'd love to know. Uh, what your journey was that that brought you to the to to sign up to or to apply for the ITV show um, that you went on, which was uh, Take Me Out. Yeah, so that was like an opportunity that came up, and I was like, I'm one of those that I feel like if you get opportunities, you shouldn't really say no. You should just <laughs> go ahead with things and kind of like see where it takes you. 
And so I was like, oh, this will be like, because I'd watched the show like years ago when I was younger. And I always knew it was quite a fun show. You were able to show your personality, you know, you could show how you were. And I thought actually this will be a great opportunity to then use the platform to talk about like South Asian representation and how we're perceived in mainstream media. So I was like, if I go on a show like Take Me Out, I'm going to be able to show that I'm like this um, like sassy, I guess, Indo Asia, India, Indian girl who's happy to voice her opinions, dress how I want to dress, which kind of goes against the stereotypical roles mm -hmm. I'd seen prior to that. Obviously now representation in mainstream media for South Asian characters mm -hmm. is getting so much better. But at the time and when I was growing up, it wasn't. So I was like, okay, this is like, it's going to be fun. I'll meet loads of new people. I'll have a laugh and I'll be able to actually use my platform for God. So that's why I thought, okay, let's just do it. <laughs> and how did you feel when you finally got to to go on the show? Yeah, it was so it was really fun because so everyone was like all the girls were really nice and we all got along really well, which was great. And then even like the production team and everyone, the whole team, everyone was really nice. So we were like filming for two weeks. And it was like surprisingly, it was hard going because you'd get up early and you'd go straight to the um the like the set and then you'd spend pretty much most of the day doing getting your hair and makeup done and that would take hours because makeup for television has to be done in such a certain way because of all the hd and everything and then you're mm -hmm. having your hair styled and then there was like you'd do like a rehearsal a dress rehearsal and then you'd actually start filming at seven o'clock and that was to like wow. a live audience. So at 7 p.m. Yeah. So all okay. day you're spent in the studio, like getting ready and like chilling with the other girls kind of vibes. And like you just well, I used to be like chilling quite a lot because I was just like whatever and my like wardrobe was pretty straightforward because I could basically just I was like I want to wear what I want to wear because like fashion design is my background so I was very yeah so it wasn't that was just like I had all my wardrobe and it was pretty easy to put together and then my hair and makeup that's what would take like my hair would take a fair share of time but it was fun because I could literally go through like my phone for inspiration and choose out hair looks and then put it together and same with makeup so I got to get like the style that I've never been styled before so from that perspective it was really fun and then yeah, yeah sorry for so seven o'clock that's when we'd film and you'd film in front of a live audience and then it's literally like you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what you're going to say because it is as you see it there's no it's not rehearsed, there's no scripting you know I mean. or... yeah exactly it's not scripted at all so you kind of just got to go with the flow and bring the energy really it was fun. So can and you talk doing through like a typical like two hours? Sorry, I just cut over you there. Could you talk through like a typical show? How it would for the for the viewers that don't know what happens on the on the show? Take me out. How oh yeah, it flows. Of course. <laughs> so you basically get each episode. You get three guys that come down a lift, and then. So let's say number, guy number one comes down a lift. And so we have to basically decide. So the guy will do like tricks and talk about themselves in three stages. And that's when we get a chance to like, if, we're, if we like him, 
you know, we keep our light on, but no likey, no lighty, as Paddy McGuinness always says. So then you turn your light off and then it'll come down to like the final round is usually when it's like the final amount of lights on. So let's say 10 girls have their lights on and the guy has to get it down to two. So then he'll run around the stage turning off lights and then he'll get it down to two. And then those two girls have to answer a question and kind of or a task or do a dance or something really random and then the guy will choose who he wants to take on a date to the Isle of Fernando's and then uh-huh. once he's chosen that off they go to the Isle of Fernando but um if for whatever reason you know none of the girls like the guy it's like a blackout and so the poor guy doesn't get a date and he goes away so that's basically the premise of the show <laughs> but we have to as girls we have to do like one-liners and you know just to make the guy interested it sounds quite like when you when you speak it out it is a fun show but I can see that in this day and age it can come across like a bit sexist because you've got all these women yeah. standing there and we're trying to woo this guy but I think our show this year was completely different because a lot of the girls were all about like feminism and like they even said that like one of the girls that got chosen Georgia her part in words to everyone was like it shouldn't be based on what we look like it's about your personality and she was like I just want everyone to remember that that's watching so I think yeah. in that sense, we were able to really bring our personalities through and show that we're not just like, like, you know, there's a lot more to us. Like there's a doctor there, lawyer, like everyone was like going against the stereotypical idea people have of the show. Great, great. And what was the outcome for you on the show? What, what, Where did you get to on the show for yourself personally? Oh, I didn't get a date, but to be honest, I wasn't too bothered. So I just had fun. <laughs> I was there right to the end. I even did the 80s special, which was really cool to get dressed up in 80s fashion because I love like 80s fashion. I even had an outfit that was from my own wardrobe that was from the 80s. So I was like, I'll wear that. I got my hair styled up really cool. So I had a fun. I had a laugh. It was great. And I met like some really nice girls and everything. And yeah, it's been cool. It was a great experience. And then thereafter... So we filmed that in 2018 and it went on television wow. in 2019 of like, okay, I think it went live October 2019. So we had to wait a whole year of keeping this like secret that we'd done this, um, <laughs> which is quite fun. So you kind of forget about it. And then, and then it's like, oh, okay, years pass and oh, okay, all this press, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of, you kind of remember. And obviously you don't know what, because we're filming for like, at least two hours and then that's getting cut down into an hour episode so you don't really know actually what's going to make the cut so when we watched it yeah. it's all like quite new for us as well um, do you know what thereafter- I really lo- go yeah. on I was just going to say thereafter then that's when I then used the platform from it to talk about like I did pieces for the independent metro Galdem um on South Asian representation in mainstream media so that's when I really like started to push myself forward <laughs> and did you feel it really gave you a platform for, for being yourself, the voice that you wanted to, to to give out to the world? Yeah, definitely. Because everything I said was like, I didn't say anything because I knew it was going to be entertaining. I just said how, like, I was definitely myself and I dressed exactly <laughs> how I wanted. And that was one of my things when I went on the show. I was like, look, I'm only going to do this if I can wear what I want to wear because I'm like my style is oversized like blazers and things like that it's not that dressy like bodycon kind of outfit so I'm not going to do that and everyone was fine with that so in that sense yeah but obviously you don't know how it's going to get edited at the end so 
but it's fine. It was, I can't complain. But do you know, I think that's really important because so often we think, you know, it's all manufactured on shows and people have to dress how the show dictates that you should dress. And I love the fact that you would absolutely not let anybody dress you or style you outside what was you authentically. Yeah. And and that you were able to be yourself. Yeah. And I think that's also though, because I was, so when I filmed it, I was 30. So I was, Mm -hmm. and I knew how the television industry worked. So I knew how to voice my opinion and say no I don't want to do this or I don't want to wear that I'm going to wear this this is how I want to come across I'm not going to do this because I know it's entertaining for television that's not what I'm like so I was happy to voice my opinions but I wouldn't but when you go into a show like this if you're let's say because a lot of the girls were much younger and if you're new Uh to the industry or you're younger I can see how they can potentially be I'm not saying manipulated, but their storyline can potentially be pushed a certain way to make it entertainment. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's a television show and it is there for entertainment for the public. So you are going to try and make certain characters and things like that. Um, But you do, I feel like if you're going on shows like this, you have to be aware of what you're getting yourself in for. Mm -hmm. If you're going onto it thinking that, oh, you know, like quite naive, yeah, you can probably not come across as you wanted to but if you Mm -hmm. go into it knowing exactly what's going on and that at the end of the day it is entertainment for television you're not really there to find love let's be honest then you'll come out of it fine yeah do you know I think I, I I love that you know it's so easy for us isn't it to be swayed by perceiving that our age we can't speak up for ourselves because of the age that we're at and it's easy for us to be uh, influenced um, in a negative way towards ourselves by not feeling we we have that permission to, vo- to voice who we are. But I love that you were able to do that um, by virtue of the fact you had you had you knew the industry and also you, you you know you had the courage to say no <laughs> to say no. Yeah, because it's easy that's... to say yes. It's it's often very hard to say no. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, if I'd done that show when I was in my early 20s, I can't say I would have said no. But I think when I turned 30, I was like, whatever, I'm doing what I want to do. It's kind of like this thing that clicks in you. You turn 30 and it's kind of like, you know, there. Things don't, you're not a people pleaser anymore. You're going to do what you want to do, more headstrong. And I think that's why it definitely helped. How did the show change you mentally or emotionally? What was the big shift? Did you notice any big shift in yourself after being on the show? Yeah, definitely. It was it was strange in a sense because I've always been used to being like behind the scenes and stuff. And then all of a sudden, obviously, Take Me Out isn't as big as Love Island like nowadays. But back in the day, Take Me Out was quite the show. Um, And all of a sudden, like you've gone from kind of being, you know, just minding your own business kind of thing to literally just being put on television in front of like two to three million viewers every Saturday. So it was a bit of an adjustment when you're getting like, I'm getting like DMs were going a bit crazy. Otherwise before that, never. Um, and then you're getting, cause I was writing a lot of articles on representation. I was getting a lot of backlash for that. Uh-huh. Um, so I was getting a lot of trolls. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then even when the show was going on, people would comment about you because you're watching. So the thing with television is people are on their social media and they're watching television and they're making comments. But I think they forget at the end of the day. Yes, it's television. Yes, we're there for entertainment. But at the end of the day, we're people at the end Still- of the day, you know, exactly. So you'd see comments about yourself. But I was fortunate in a sense that my friends and family around me were always like, just don't read social media or don't take it to heart. Like, don't, if you get a child, kind of ignore it. And I think because I was in that position to do that, I was okay, but I can, yeah. but I did, it was a bit of an interesting one, how I literally went from like, no one really wanted to care about anything to all of a sudden everyone's like replying to emails or I'm hearing from people I haven't heard from in 10 years. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's very interesting, but that is just human nature, isn't it? When people think that, oh, someone's been on television or someone's done this or whatever, then all of a sudden they want to be your best friend or you get invited to events and things. And it's like, but again, that kind of stuff, I wasn't, because I'd done all that years before in my early 20s. So I used to do a load of like entertainment reporting and stuff. I was, and I I know what the industry's like. It didn't phase me, but I can see why people can get swept into it and it can have a negative impact on your mental health. I did use what, what would you what would you say to anybody who you know who has you know dipped into into the limelight um maybe unexpectedly and they're getting some um neg or they plan to but they then they're getting the negative backlash uh that comes with doing that what would what would you say to anybody who's who's exp- you know struggling with that mentally I think it's it's, because it's one of those where it's um, subject to each person. But I would recommend like not checking social media. (laughs) Literally don't get rolled into all the comments you're going to see. Do not search your name. Um, Turn off. So there was one place when I was getting quite trolled heavily. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I used to just turn off my comments on Instagram because annoyingly at the time, Instagram doesn't really do much to protect people on their platform Mm -hmm. from trolls um and neither does twitter so i could complain about an account and yes it'd get blocked but then they could go and set up another one and continue to do that so i just in the end started turning off my comments um and then you just got to remind yourself that at the end of the day you've had the courage to go on television or you've had the courage to write an article whilst these people trolling you just sat at home they got obviously nothing else going on in their life that they think they can make up fake personas to troll people because they've misunderstood the purpose it's like the you know you've got to try and remember that look they're the one they're just obviously yeah. something going on in their own life and yeah and, and, it, it, and it's not it. a reflection of you is it it's a reflection of them no exactly exactly and that's what people have to remember but I know it's completely easier said than done like saying me Absolutely. saying this right now but when you're in that situation it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah and what in what really inspired you um initially to to create the voice that you now have on better representation better coverage um of of the things that you believe in of of your cultural heritage but also that importance to be yourself and be able to show up as yourself authentically what was the inspiration behind that or what was the driver behind speaking Um, up i think it was just because so i I went on the show and then I realised actually I've got a platform this and I feel like if you've got a platform and you can use it for good, use it for good. That was literally why I was like, okay, I'm going to use this. <laughs> no, and that, I think that's so important. How has that, that evolved into what you do 
uh, now? Yeah, so I guess now I fully focus more on the actual like motivation um, because that's like my passion and that always has been my passion. Like even before I went on the show, like I had a motivational um, book called The Little Book of Sass that was just sassy quotes that you read when you need to pick me up. So that was always there. Like I was always doing that. And I did always have these plans to launch a website and grow it. But I then once I got on the show, like obviously all these opportunities came up and I was like, well, actually, this is now the time to make most of it. So I got my radio show, The Sass Life. Um, and then I like I launched my website, which um, I'll do like articles and stuff like that. And then my Instagram page, obviously, which is more like daily motivation, affirmations, pushing out my show, pushing out motivational and positive content. And then mm. from there, then obviously the pandemic happened. Actually, the pandemic happened and that's when I got my radio show, to be completely honest. The time <laughs> merges into one. But it's kind of like, you know, when everything starts to fall into place. Um, so that TV show is a catalyst because obviously you've got like ITV behind you. So people actually want to know. And then from there, I was like, actually, maybe I should move to do what I want to do. Um, and then it was last year. I was like, I had extra time during all the, obviously, pandemic. I was spending most of my time at home, to be completely honest. And I was like, oh, actually, this is the perfect time to use my extra time to do um, a life coaching course and get that certification. Because uh -huh. I was like, this is quite a good opportunity on the back of my platform. Like, the missing piece there is that coaching aspect to just, then yeah. want, you know, give one-to-one -one opportunity and really, like, train me up so I have those qualifications back up that I know what I'm talking about kind of thing. Um so I did that and then I finished that in December over Christmas. I like got my certificate for that. Um, and yeah, and then this year, I guess, has been more so about, I've had a load of other things going on outside of this, but um, next couple of months we'll be focusing solely on further pushing my platform out there. But I tend to use Instagram a lot for that because I feel like that's the platform where, you know, it, there's a, already quite a big community on there and you can really do like more daily posts and stories and stuff like that, which I enjoy doing. So it kind yeah. of all fell in. It's one of those when you look back, it kind of all falls into place and you realise, OK, this is coming to there's this. So I went from having one book to having like the website, to having a radio show, to having coaching. So it, full circle, really. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. And I'd, I'd love to know what was the what was the driver behind setting up the School of SAS for yourself personally? What what inspired you or drove you to 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 bring that to fruition? So I guess I've always enjoyed like blogging and writing like and I did that even when I was at university, like I had like a fashion blog. And then I was like, actually, I really like the motivation side of things and and like wellness. Um, and then I'd done I created my book. So then I was like, again, it was during the pandemic. I was like, I, I always wanted to do that. And just like, because I just thought a website's a great way and a platform is a great way to further push your message out there. And so during the pandemic in 2020, that's when I actually had time to sit down there, create my website, put everything together. And then it just gives me an opportunity to write pieces and inspirational pieces. And I also have a section where I showcase women who are... Um, let's say they're working a nine to five, but on the side, they've got like a business going because there's little, so uh -huh. many people. I think it's like in America, one in four people have a side hustle whilst working. And in Britain, it's a similar amount. I can't remember the stat right now, but it is something that a lot of people are doing, especially during the pandemic. So I was like, okay, this is going to give me a further platform to showcase other women and also 
talk about wellness from my side and then I did then when I was like actually I'd love to do the life coaching and because I already had that solid go-to platform I could then expand out into Instagram posts radio show and coaching so the most you'll go on sorry go on I was just going to say, I guess the driving force was because I was just like, actually, this is a great opportunity to just use my platform again to help other people. What's been your biggest struggle from a well-being perspective? Where have you struggled the most? I think it's just getting... personally. I guess it's just getting the... Which I think is for a lot of people. It's getting the time to do everything, um, especially when this isn't your full-time thing. Um, uh-huh. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to that. And there's a lot of women out there when you're trying to do something and then you've got other things going on in your life, like you're doing all like, I don't know, even stuff like housework and stuff. That kind of stuff takes time, right? So, yes, I would say, and like if you've got a family, like looking after your family and stuff. So I would say the time aspect, but then that's just all about how you manage your day. So it's just getting up Mm -hmm. early making sure you have the time to yourself so in my case it's doing my workouts and then starting your day and planning it out I'm a firm believer in planning things out absolutely um, yeah and having those goals and being very goal oriented but making sure so looking at your day-to-day what you have to do and then fitting in all the stuff you actually you know like the stuff you want to do if that mm. makes sense no totally but it's, it's also really hard so I love the fact that you brought up time because it's really hard as certainly I find it as a parent is you think you've dialed in your daily planner and then your child throws it out of the window because they decide that they're going to wake up when you wake up um, uh, and you're trying to win the morning uh, and you just absolutely can't. And then because you're so tired because <laughs> you end up looking after your child uh, or children, um, if you're a super, I, I call them super mums, anybody that has more than one child is super in my book. <laughs> um they they uh you then have to you have to try and win the evening but you're so tired in the evening that it becomes kind of like a vicious cycle of of try, how how am I going to win back my day <laughs> and how am I going to grab back the time that I've lost uh for for, for being a mum and, it, and it's this you know it can be the same if 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 other things in your life but not children uh throw your throw your agenda out of the uh, out of the water and yeah to kind of win it back totally and I think with that because especially like respect to all the working mothers out there because that is a you like you say you can't really plan because it's like you've got a plan but you don't know what your kid's gonna do so I think it's just about not feeling bad then if you didn't so let's say you woke up and you're like I'm gonna do this this and this and you get to the end of the day and you're like okay I've not really done anything I planned so just don't beat yourself up over it because that's just a waste of energy and time and just think Absolutely. okay I'm gonna try again tomorrow and at least and then look at what you did do so like let's say in the case of a working mother like you did look after your child your child had something and you gave them the attention they needed so that actually is an achievement in itself right so you have to it's how you reframe your thoughts on things and, it, and you know like I love the fact you said that because it's so important that we reframe what we do <laughs> and celebrate the small wins because sometimes the small wins can be really important wins particularly uh, if it involves other people who really need you you know yeah. they need you to be there whether it's a child or you're caring for someone or you're looking after someone or you know it's your partner wherever it happens to be people need you and that that connection piece is so important from a a brain health perspective that we can often be dismissive of it can't we 
it, you know, in the context of our day and spend all of our time focusing on the activities that we need to do and not enough time focusing on the connecting that's so important uh, and taking that time to connect with people that really matter. Yeah, 100%. I think even on that, I think as people, especially if you're one of those high achievers, like you want to keep achieving the next thing, right? So you never take the moment to stop and think, oh, actually, I've done so much. And I think it is about, like you say, celebrating those small wins, celebrating everything, really. And I think that's why I always say at the end of the day, write down like the five things, you know, five things you've achieved, five things you're pleased with yourself about doing and then even also like five things you're grateful for from that day so even if it's something like having internet access like that's something to be grateful for or you know just some food on your table that kind of things and it'll just bunk up your mood and make you realize that actually no you've done something and you'll feel better as well yeah and and thank you for sharing that because I think it's so important that we do celebrate the things that we're grateful for um because often we can be very dismissive of what what we have because we focus on what we don't have yeah and when we when we reframe our mindset to focus on what we have and do the gratitude journaling that is so fundamental to brain health and people think oh blah blah this is you know it's just hocus pocus (laughs) but it isn't it's really it's really basic and it's really really important in terms of getting the best out of your brain it's so, it's so true and there's so, so many like scientific studies on it as well and I think um I'm like a, I started doing my gratitude journal properly in like 2020 obviously when the pandemic hit um yeah. and it just honestly you notice such a difference in your mood how you feel and then the things you're like attracting into your life like like I said earlier I am a firm believer in manifestation and gratitude is like the basics off that like because if you're not going to be grateful for what you've got how are you going to get more in life and it's it's just the basics of everything and it yeah it is a great way to boost your brain health and boost your mood and it's, mm. it literally takes it doesn't even take more than five minutes it's something that mm. it should be a non-negotiable and if yeah. you don't have time to write it out just say it to yourself you know so anytime yeah. you feel yourself going into like a negative like oh this is wrong that's wrong reframe it and be like no this might have gone wrong for that second it's not going to impact my whole day and I'm grateful for this 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 and this etc yeah do you know I love that and you've just taken me back a couple of years when my my dad passed away oh sorry and my, that's okay and my my obviously my mum my my mum and myself witnessed my dad's passing hmm. and then she was in a really big state of shock as a result of it obviously I was too but I had to focus on helping my mum and one of the first things we did together collectively when I when I would drive her she would come over to our house for tea we'd look after her and then take her back is every single journey we'd focus on what we were grateful for in the day so I'd ask her what what went well today what are you grateful for uh to really try and reframe her mindset to help her look at the positives from the day and and not uh, and not be lamenting too much on 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 the what she didn't have um but focusing on what she did have and it's so important because it made a huge shift you know it it was that one thing that really helped on a day-to-day basis bring her back into the day uh, and uh, and recognize the present for what it was you know yeah and we i don't think we give ourselves enough we don't give ourselves enough time to recognize 
what we appreciate out of our day and celebrate each day that we get given. Yeah, it's so true. We don't. And I think I think even as humans, especially in like Britain as well, we can be very focused on the negative. I think that's like so it is by being grateful, you're reframing your mind, right? And you're being more optimistic mm. and part and like you said earlier, like some people think it's a load of woo-woo or whatever, but it actually isn't. Like literally just try it and people will notice the difference it has on them. But you've got to be genuine about it as well. You can't just be like, you know, if you're fe- if you're feeling really bad and then you're just like, oh, I'm feeling great when you know you're feeling bad. Like, obviously, that's counterproductive. So you have to acknowledge your feelings and then work back from there. Absolutely. And I love you talked about that because that's one of the first pillars of Brain House. So I'd love to dive into our fun facts. OK, <laughs> yeah, go on. Um, which is all about the five pillars of brain house. So facts is is the mnemonic for uh, feelings, actions, connections, thoughts and surroundings, which are the five pillars that I talk about with my clients. So first question is for feelings, which you mentioned, what feeling or emotion is most important to you in your life and why? Oh, I would say is feeling optimistic and feeling positive because it's those feelings that drive you to do more like take let's take the pandemic it got it could be a bit like oh god like is this ever going to end kind of thing so if you focus on the optimistic side of things like we've got a vaccine etc etc like that's what keeps you going right it's that hope you need a feeling of hope because if you don't have that then even from experience you're just not going to feel good you're not going to do anything and how do you stay how did you stay optimistic in the during the pandemic? What were the big things that you did or the little things that you did to, to keep that level of hope and optimism alive? Well, again, it's like limiting the news. You're not solely listening to negative news all the time. I was I literally reduced my social media time. Otherwise, before that, I used to spend so many so much time on like platforms like Twitter and stuff. And now I literally don't barely go on it. Um and if I do, it's all positive accounts. So that really helped. And then obviously just knowing that, look, we've got a vaccine coming and we are eventually going to get out of this. It's going to be a bit of a long slog. But then I thought, OK, I'm going to I'm in a fortunate position I'm in the countryside. I can enjoy going outside. I, we can all work like people who can. I'm not saying everyone can because there was people that weren't able to work from home. But again, I was fortunate I could do mm-hmm. that enough to commute so you'd focus on you know the positive sides of things and then the extra time I had because normally my weekends I'd be out and about and I wasn't I could use that to grow my platform and have a radio show and things like that making the most of the Mm. hours that you wouldn't necessarily would be spent I don't know on a train or something um again I acknowledge that wasn't the case for everyone like people weren't able to do that but I was in a fortunate position that I was able to so that's what kept me going yeah, do you know, I think that's so important because it's so easy for us to reflect on what isn't happening. But for me, you know, the pandemic has changed so many things in, in such a pos- so many positive ways, particularly, you know, this opportunity for people to work from home. For those that want to be able to work from home, it's, it's created that vehicle that they otherwise wouldn't have. It's, it's allowed, it's certainly from my circumstances, my husband's had so much more time with with my daughter or our daughter than he would ever have had, um, had the pandemic not happened. And so she's got a much better, stronger relationship with her dad than than she would have had if, if it hadn't, hadn't transpired. And he's been able to see her really grow up, you know, in those really early years. She's only three now, Lily. 
but in Aww. those early years he's been able to to see that and and just so many things you know I know it's different for everybody and everybody's yeah. in their own boat but it's finding the positives out of it like you say and being optimistic for the future and having that that hope that things are going to get better um yeah and there's always hope definitely there is always hope even when you're feeling like at your lowest um you've got to find that hope because that'll what will get you out of it yeah yeah I'd love to dive into the next pillar now actions okay. what is the most rewarding or fulfilling thing you've ever done I think the most rewarding thing is when you um so like again using my platform or talking about motivational content sometimes I'm like is it even benefiting and it's when you hear from people and they're like okay now I think what would Mira do or I pushed myself out of my comfort zone because I thought oh what would Mira do or this really helped me or hearing that story helped me realize that actually no I can achieve something and hearing those stories from other women and even men about how they're willing to push themselves out of their comfort zone and do something because they've read something that I've done or they've heard something so that would be, I'd say that's fulfilling. I feel more fulfilled when you're helping people. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. What was the biggest thing that's pushed, what What would you say was really pushed you out of your comfort zone? Oh, your questions are so good, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess pushing myself out of my comfort zone. It's So I'm one of those that I quite like pushing myself out of my comfort zone. So I do like, so whether it's learning a new language um, or learning a new skill and just doing things that you didn't think you could do even when it comes to exercise like when I was a teen I was just not healthy and stuff so then it was like getting my health in check like eating healthy exercising weightlifting things like that that I guess would be pushing myself out of my comfort zone if there's something I'm feeling a bit anxious about <clears throat> pushing yourself out of comfort zone and doing it for example I'm quite the germ phobe. So when you have a pandemic like COVID, it was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, again, pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And then after it, getting back to a more normal setting. Obviously, I'm still like wearing a mask and stuff. But, you know, yeah. you, you push yourself out of it and you do things you're perhaps afraid to do or you're anxious to do because that's the only way you're going to get over it. Yeah. What's the hardest thing you've ever done in your life? What's been the most challenging Oh, I'm not, I don't, I don't really, I feel like most challenging. Um, I know you mentioned like weightlifting when you were a kid. Did you, did you do, did you do anything that really made you feel like you were, you went beyond your limits or? I think like in general. Barriers. I guess, I feel like in general. Um, okay, so I'm quite an introverted person which people can be quite surprised by. So I guess just putting myself out there, building my confidence up to talk to people, um, going on television. Although in a strange sense, like I've always been fine doing like camera stuff, but then behind the scenes, I'm quite, like I'm not the person to go up to people in a room and start talking. If someone uh -huh. comes up to me, then obviously I'm very friendly, but I'm really not the person to start initiate conversations. So I would say pushing myself out of my comfort zone over the past couple of years and making those connections and not and you know sending those emails that would be I guess that would be one do you know I really relate to that because I'm totally like you is that you know historically I wouldn't have been the person to go and have conversations I feel really awkward it you know 
in a room of people and and it's kind of like you feel fake don't you when you start conversations and it's really hard if it's not a natural trait yeah to to go and do it you've it's totally like an anxiety you know you get anxious about it well I do anyway yeah Um, and it's breaking that you breaking through that barrier uh and and going do you know it's all right and not everyone's gonna like you and that's okay so just go for it anyway yeah exactly and now look at you've got your show same so we've both obviously <laughs> pushed ourselves but yeah it's true I think it's one of those that you have to just think like if you don't go for it like you're not going to be able to like you could be missing out on opportunities right if you go for it and it works out great let's say it doesn't don't feel bad about it just learn from it and move on and don't let yeah. it push you down so it's one of those as well right it is very interesting so many people actually that even I speak to my show that you'd think are the most extroverted people are not they're introverts but then they don't mind switching up when they need to (laughs) yeah and it's knowing when you can and having that confidence to do it and that often just comes with practice doesn't it yeah certainly not something that I found easy to do and I still don't find it easy but you just have to keep going (laughs) yeah exactly and then like and also it's one of those like don't get offended so even if you're like let's say you're sending emails or whatever trying to get people to reply if they don't you don't get offended you just got to think okay they're busy but you something that even in my younger days and this can be applied to so many people in all areas of life let's say you're applying for a job like you don't just stop because you don't hear from someone like if someone's saying no find someone that's going to say yes or if they're not replying to email obviously I'm not saying hit them up every day but like you can send friendly reminders or ask for feedback things like that that can help you grow so it's pushing yourself like it's that hustle I guess in a sense it is the hustle and it and it and it is a hustle it's a hassle to be to hustle uh if you don't like doing it it's true (laughs) but you have to you have to and you have to find a way that brings you joy don't you in the process yeah exactly great great I love that. Um, connection to yourself is the next one. What is your most important value that guides you in life? So I would say, so like the whole universe, like I, I've said a couple of times, I'm a firm believer in manifestation. And I think that the whole universe, you've got to trust that everything that's happening is happening for the best. Even when, you know, things aren't going that great, you've got to realise that that's because of something better. You just have to learn from it move on it's like that whole rejection is redirection so I'm a firm believer in that and even when you look back on life you'll see that things actually that you thought oh weren't going well it actually connected and worked out for the best in the long run so you have to just you know trust that things will work out put the work in don't be deflated and like trust that whole universal thing and obviously don't do wrong because that'll come back to you as well so yeah absolutely but I, I like to think of it as a bank so you've yeah. got to put into the bank of giving in order to have the opportunity to draw down later if you if you don't give if you're not kind uh and if you do do it will come back around and bite you a hundred percent exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> so let's dive on to the next one thoughts okay what stupid or crazy thought have you often told yourself in the past that isn't true 
So I guess it goes back to the whole like introverted, extroverted thing. So like I mentioned, I was quite, I still am quite the introvert, so especially when I was younger. I'd think like, oh, people don't want to chat to me. And that would probably be one of the reasons why I wouldn't be one of those people that walk into a room and start chatting to everyone because I'd probably think, oh, they probably don't want to know what I have to say, which isn't true. Like people, if you're friendly, people are friendly back. So that would be one. <laughs> and I think that's so important that you do spend the time to just be open about people and not judge them. Exactly. You know, and, and just take, you know, almost kind of take people at face value, but don't don't look in, try and look into their mind. Yeah, 100%. And not like, because it's like that whole, it comes back to, let's say it's even like you know someone doesn't reply to you straight away and you think oh it's because they don't like me no they're probably busy they've got so much going on in their life you know so you have to think of it from that a lot of the time I think we get caught up in our minds thinking that yeah. people are thinking about us they're thinking oh what's that person doing what will they think when the reality is everyone's focused on themselves because they've got so much going on in their own life they're probably not like 95 yeah. percent of the time they're not even thinking about what you've done so you kind of just have to realize that yeah like you said take people as don't overthink things don't yeah. think for them yeah and you know I love that because that goes back to the comment that you made at the beginning of the show which is like don't let people rent space in your head <laughs> often we try and rent space in other people's heads but we don't even tell them yeah that's so true <laughs> so we're like well I think that you thought that this, you know this and, and you actually never have a conversation with the person to tell yeah. them what you're thinking that you think they thought about you uh which is completely not true they never had that thought you had it in your own head and taking up space in your head that really belongs in someone else's and not having that time to think for yourself personally and focus on what's right for you yeah that's so true I love that one like don't be, yeah that's a good one that's true don't take don't take up space in other people's heads yeah. right um next one surroundings what's the most beautiful place you've ever visited and what makes it so special okay so I love travel like pre-pandemic I used to travel loads um, and I've been some really like I've been to like Vietnam Hawaii but my go-to place and everyone who knows me knows this is California and it's oh. Southern California. It's just, I love the beaches. I love the atmosphere. I love the vibe there. They're all into like, say what you want about Los Angeles and stuff, but it's all into that kind of living that I'm into. And it's just like, when I go there, I feel like I'm myself. I always say it's my soul city. I feel like my soul is there and I'm the person who I am when I'm there compared to when I'm here. Uh -huh. So that Do you know I love that? You've quite, do you think you ever would, would live there? oh yeah I'd love to like yeah. the fact I haven't been able to go there for the past two years because like the pandemic it's like oh but you know it's what it is yeah at least now yeah. things have opened up so but yeah that is definitely like it's just like you feel free you feel relaxed and it's funny because my friends that from here when they've seen me there they've even noticed the difference as well <laughs> and you know I think it's such an important point because people don't pay enough attention to how much of an influence the environment has on your brain health and the surroundings that you have around you how how hugely impactful it is to your brain health and the fact that you 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 feel that california is your soul city or soul state yes um, sorry that's me saying yeah <laughs> so then that's okay and um uh and that you feel you can be yourself there 
just speaks volumes about the importance of finding the right surroundings that really serve us. Yeah, it's and, so true. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. No, and I, no, I just think it's so important and, and we don't give enough credence to our surroundings and the influence that it has on our, our mindset uh, and how we show up. Yeah, it's so true. Like, it's, it's even like when you take, so for example, I lived in London for 10 years and it's this city, hustle and bustle, everyone's out for themselves. But I'm originally from the countryside in Lancashire. I've moved back there now. But it's such a difference. Like even on your mental health, like being outside, like waking up and hearing the birds tweet and seeing trees, like it makes a massive difference. And being able to breathe in fresh air rather than like polluted air. You know, it's those little things that you wouldn't really think makes yeah. a massive difference on your mental health. And yeah, like you say, the surroundings around you, if you're going to be around people that are relaxed and optimistic, that's going to rub off on you no matter how much of a strong determined person you are your surroundings do rub off on you right yeah Whilst they do surrounding where it's very like negative kind of like that it does rub off it can be the most positive person and it can rub off on them so you do have to be mindful of yeah. surroundings yeah and and you know your surroundings isn't just about your environment it's about the people the culture that you surround surround yourself with it's about the energy uh you know of the people um that are around you and those that you like to connect with and it's about the how much time because it, it it's time as well as space how much time you spend on the aspects of your surroundings that lift you up and how much time you spend on the aspects of your surroundings that pull you down and you talked about you know checking off of social media mm. and not spending your time um, being involved in in surroundings that suck the energy out of you and we don't really think about it so much in that context of not only the energy that we get from our surroundings but also the time that we spend and I know you talked about time is so important at the beginning yeah it's so true especially with something like social media you can think oh it's harmless like starting your day checking your phone is harmless but it actually isn't because let's say you go on to a platform like social, like Twitter. I've got nothing against Twitter. I think it's a great platform, but I keep shading it and I don't mean to. <laughs> but you go on it and you'll see like news and you'll see people's opinions because that's what it's there for. People are there to say their opinions. And if their opinions are negative, that's their opinions. Fair play, that is their opinion. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. But if you're going to see that, that is going to make you feel like, oh, and that then impacts how your day goes, right? Because that's how your frame of mind. Also, You'll be scrolling, think it's five minutes, an hour could have passed. You could have used mm. that time to go work out or do something that benefits your brain, right? Whether it's reading a book or something. So that's why I think I get that a lot of people and a lot of us have to use social media as a platform to promote what we're doing and spread the message, etc. But that's why it's using things like for Twitter, tweet deck, so you can schedule your tweets in. That's what I do. I keep mm -hmm. it real. Half the time I'll schedule my tweets and I don't need to touch the platform. So yeah. it's doing things like that or on Instagram, only following accounts that make you feel better. Don't If it's yeah. making you feel bad, unfollow it. Yeah. Do you know, I think that's really great advice because it's so easy. I mean, I, I find it really difficult on social media platforms to because they deliberately force you to scroll 
and then get sucked into the and um, that's what they're designed to do because they it's want true. you to stay on their platform <laughs> yeah and and so you want to stay on a platform that's going to lift your spirits so follow people that lift you up and give you great pieces of advice uh rather than people that are you know full of negativity and uh and don't bring joy to your life exactly totally <laughs> great what well, one piece of advice would you give anybody who is you know struck i know we we talked about motivation at the beginning but it's really struggling with motivation they kind of got low energy maybe it's because they've distracted with other things what what one piece of advice would you give anyone who's struggling to get motivated who really who really wants to move their life forward so i think they kind of need to it's one of those where you work backwards so you kind of need to figure out what is like what is that catalyst that's making you feel bad or demotivated? Is it, again, you're going on your phone, you're checking social, it's making you feel bad. So then you just feel like, well, what's the point of doing anything? If that's what it is, then you know you need to cut out the social media aspect or follow uplifting accounts with motivational quotes. Maybe it could be, maybe you're feeling tired or you're feeling demotivated. It could be something to, I don't know, your diet, because a lot of the time that plays um, into check. Obviously, I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a doctor, but maybe you should go see your doctor and say you're feeling so they can do the checks they need to um and maybe it is or but otherwise outside of that I would recommend is having that routine because it's the routine mm. that will turn into the habits that will then motivate you and you'll continue to do that so let's say you you've got a goal that you set and you want to achieve it so you look at that goal and you think how can you break it down into small achievable chunks and then from those small achievable chunks, you then break. So you break that down into achievable chunks and then you break it down into monthly achievable chunks. And then from there, you're breaking it down into the weekly achievable chunks and then your daily achievable chunks. And you're scheduling it in your day around everything else you're doing. So you are going to do it. So let's say you want to learn a language, for example, and you're just feeling demotivated. So you have to start small. So do the things you know you can do. So like, do you want to learn via an app? Or do you want to, do you find you learn better in person? So that already is a step once you've figured that out. So you've already done it. So pat yourself on the back kind of thing, right? Mm. And then from there, you then break it down into smaller chunks. Like, do you want to start learning about the vowels? Or do you want to start learning about certain words? So you dedicate time each week looking at how busy you are. So be realistic. If you've got loads going on, if you've got kids, things like that figure out when you do get those moments to yourself, even if it's 10 minutes a day, schedule it in. And those 10 minutes then add up as the week goes on and you will achieve your goal, right? Yes. So it's quite, there's quite a lot to it. And I could chat about it for another 10, 15 minutes, but <laughs> I have actually put together on my website, School SAS, I've put together worksheets for goals and it's having those goals and accountable actions that will keep you motivated and they're yeah. free to download. So I recommend people go and check it out. Right. <laughs> Great. And, you know, I think motivation, I loved how you described it as breaking it down into those really small, actionable steps, because for me, motivation, you don't just wake up motivated. <laughs> motivation is often achieved by movement. And then with movement comes momentum. And with when you've got that combination, you you achieve motivation. It has to be start. You have to start it by doing something. And that could be the smallest step the smallest thing at simply making the decision that you're going to learn a new language in the first place and you just keep taking little incremental steps and, the, and you'll start to build that momentum 
through movement or through taking action and then with that comes motivation exactly and it becomes a part of your routine then the more you do something and then also if you're doing something you'll feel good about doing something so even doing something small I think you've then got to remind yourself that look you know let's say you skip, you miss it one day well don't beat yourself up again about it just say okay I've done this already this is what I've already achieved tomorrow's a fresh day I'll start again so yeah it's that as well yeah and I think that's so important too thank you because people can get so downtrodden about what they didn't do but not focusing on the actions that they did do exactly and, and you know and it's like I said is motivation is action so focus on that not the inaction exactly I love that that's so true <laughs> <laughs> so Mira I've loved talking to you how can likewise. people get hold of you yeah likewise I really enjoyed chatting to you as well um, Ruth um, so people can get hold of me on social media um, at the score sass on Instagram. Um, my website is www.thescoresass.com. I've got all my information there to my radio show, which is every Monday. Um, and then my own Instagram is at Mira Sharm. Mira Sharma was taken. So all my on like Twitter and Instagram, it's Mira Sharm. <laughs> but yeah, that's how people can get hold of me. But my website is place where everything is there from my books to radio show to articles and all the links <laughs> brilliant brilliant Mira thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story and talking about the importance of motivation and everything that leads up for it it's been a real pleasure talking to you oh thanks Dr Ruth it's been a pleasure chatting to you as well I feel like it's a great way to start my day I love it <laughs> thank you <laughs> You're most welcome. Remember, everyone, this is the show. It's all about brain health and unchaining your pain. You're not stuck with the brain you have. You have the power to make it better. And this show is all about showing you how. To you by Winjack Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.